0: Maybe you've met persons like this. They light up any room they enter. There is an electricity about their presence. They are someone to be experienced. So it is with the Holy Spirit that Jesus has promised to give to his followers. Welcome everyone. I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. This radio ministry is sponsored by Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship in Boise, Idaho, the Bread of Life. If you're looking for a place to give to that is taking the gospel in direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, I want you to consider CPE. You can learn more about how God is using us by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Today, we turn our attention back to the subject of what the Lord Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. And what we should recognize above all else is that the Spirit makes an impression upon those He reveals Himself to. Jesus taught us that the spirit was someone to be experienced. Well, we've had a number of really very pleasant days. I don't know if you've noticed it, but the last this week and the last few days have been particularly pleasant. We've enjoyed what I would call almost perfect weather, right? Perfect weather. It's the kind of weather that you want to get outside. One of the things that I've done is I've had an opportunity the last couple of days to Give myself plenty of time to take a few books, lie in my hammock under my trees, and enjoy the feel of the breeze as it's passing through the trees as I'm rocking in my hammock and reading different books. And I've also found, and I've thought about this, it's the perfect weather for driving with your windows down. And that's what I've been doing all week long. And you have your windows down, and you're driving along, and you just let the air just rush in through the chamber of that car as you're driving. It's wonderful. And Actually, on a couple of nights this week, I've also been able to escape and go fly fishing. I went down Thursday evening along the Boise River and for about an hour and a half did a little more fly fishing. I didn't fish really, I just waited with a pole, waving a pole back in my hand. In fact, I basically began to understand the reason that old men my age fly fish on the Boise River is because it, they don't look silly waiting and playing in the water that way because that's <laughs> what I was doing. I was just waiting and playing in the water. At some point in time, I, I gave up catching any fish and I I let myself be caught up into the current and I swam for a while in the water and made my way out, then I made my way back to the car, windows are still rolled down, let the air blow in the chamber to dry me off, but I got a little bit cold as I was driving home and so uh, although I didn't do it, I was seriously considering it would have been a perfect night for it to have started a fire up in the fire pit and have warmed myself around the fire in the fire pit behind my yard. There it is, experiences with wind, experiences with water experiences with fire, all good, all pleasant, all enjoyable. When the Lord Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit, he employed three different metaphors or predominant metaphors for speaking of the Holy Spirit and his ministry and his work among us. He spoke of the Holy Spirit as wind, he spoke of the Holy Spirit as water, he spoke of the Holy Spirit as fire. And what I want you to see in these metaphors that the Lord Jesus used, and our, our series that we've been on is what the Lord Jesus taught, and we're on a, a second or actually possibly third message on what the Lord Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to see this morning is that in the use and in the employment of these metaphors, the Lord Jesus was teaching us that the Holy Spirit was one who brought the experience of himself to his disciples. The Holy Spirit was someone to be ex experienced so he spoke of the Holy Spirit like wind in John chapter 3 verse 8 he said to Nicodemus the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes so is everyone born of the spirit the word for spirit there is pneuma which interestingly is the same Greek word that's used for wind and so you can interchangeably use the word wind or spirit here the Holy Spirit as wind When the day of Pentecost came, we are told that a mighty rushing wind blew through the house where all the church was assembled and praying, wind. It's what gives voice to our words. Wind is what gives music to our reeds. You can't see it, but you can feel it as it touches your face and your skin. Wind can blow a cooling breath upon you. It can invigorate you. It can resuscitate you. It can delightfully dance in the meadow grass and carry forward the fragrances of spring to you. It can clear away the smoke and the haze. Praise the Lord for that and the ability for wind to blow out the smoke and the haze. It can also come and blow in destruction and violent power as well. And here it is. The Spirit invisibly breathing out the life of God. Like the wind, the Holy Spirit may come to some As a life-giving breath to others, as a gentle stirring and comfort to others, as an invigorating energy, and then again as a clarifying, cleansing breeze blowing away the haze of clouded minds, and then again the Spirit can blow in upon us in judgment, powerfully blasting down our pride and our self-reliance. The Spirit can be experienced as wind. The Spirit can be experienced as water. In John chapter 7, verses 37 and 39, the Lord Jesus stood up on the great day of the feast and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then John, writing this, gives us an understanding of what Christ was referring to or speaking to. He adds his own commentary. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him should receive or would receive for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus Christ was not yet glorified. The Holy Spirit as water. The Bible provides all kinds of multiple illustrations of the wide range of benefits that water brings. It cleanses and it washes. It carries away our disease and it carries away our defilement. It revives and it refreshes and it sweetens life. It brings life and fruitfulness to the earth Ezekiel has a vision of the temple and out of the temple in Jerusalem he sees a vision of a river that flows out from the temple and it flows down from Jerusalem and as it flows out it gets wider and fuller and deeper as it goes and it follows all the way along the path all the way down to the Dead Sea and everywhere that this river goes and grows life springs up around it and when it reaches the waters of the Dead Sea it heals the alkaline waters of the Dead Sea and there in the Dead Sea Multitudes of fish begin to swarm all around. Life springing up wherever the water grows. And yet in the scriptures, water also can come in judgment. It can sweep away whatever is not anchored in the truth. And the Holy Spirit is like water. He brings life. He refreshes. He cleanses. He satisfies with goodness. He sweeps away from our lives those things that are false and untrue. The Lord Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit and the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as fire. Actually, it's John the Baptist who spoke of the Holy Spirit as fire. He said that the Messiah was coming and the Messiah would, John said, I baptize you with water, but the one who's coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given and poured out upon the early church, we're told that they saw visual flames of fire descending down upon the heads of all of those that were assembled in the upper room praying for God's gift and God's outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like fire. Read through your Bibles again. Start in the Old Testament. See the witness and testimony and evidence of God moving and revealing himself to the fire. You'll see God coming in the Shekinah fire that led Israel out of Egypt and led Israel through the wilderness. And first, that fire stood before them as a a form of protection, driving back all evil. And then, that fire burned over them as a, a heat and a warmth in the middle of the cool nights. And that fire descended, expressing God's holy otherness. And that fire led before them and went before them to guide them and direct them in the midst of the wilderness. It was a fire surrounding them in protection against their enemies. And it was fire as well that the Bible reveals that purged and purified those who came before it. It burned out the dross of gold and silver and purified it of all its impurities. Fire revealed that something was holy and unapproachable before them. And yet fire, this purifying, guarding, protecting, warming, guiding fire, also invited the people near to come near and draw near to it. The Holy Spirit is like fire. He warms us. He impassions our lives. He confers the holy otherness of God upon a people. And yet he's not to be trifled with. You don't play with fire. He burns away all pretense and impurities in your life if you should encounter him. The Holy Spirit as wind, as water, as fire. All these seem to have a lesson connected to them. And it's this. The Holy Spirit brings people into an experience. You experience wind. You experience water. You experience fire. That's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to understand. You feel these things. You know these things. You encounter these things. The wind blows upon you and you sense and you feel its effects even though it is invisible as it touches you and invigorates you or it resuscitates you and you can come to the water and you can drink it and bathe in it and you can take it and draw it out and pour it out on the dry ground to bring life and you feel it. Every Wednesday night this summer I've been irrigating my yard. The water comes in. I live in a an old part of town, you can't, we don't have sprinklers, you just flood irrigate and I have an odd shift. They've arranged for me to get my water at three o'clock in the morning. You're kind of asleep when you go out to get your water, but you got to get it because if you don't get it, your yard will be dead. You know, we say in Idaho that everything that green is either painted or irrigated. Well, I choose to irrigate my yard and not paint it. Three o'clock in the morning, you feel the water. If you're a little tired when you get out there, you wake up Especially at the very beginning of the irrigation season when the water is just coming and it's cold and it wakes you up and you slosh around in your backyard pushing your water in all the different places to keep everything green and everything alive and you, you feel it, you encounter it, you experience it. Water is to be experienced as the wind is. It refreshes and it cleanses and it livens everything around it and so too fire. It burns away, it heats drives you back if you get too close and yet it draws you near to be warmed and you encounter and you experience fire as well. Do you see this? I just want you to understand this. The very metaphors that the Lord Jesus chose to use to express the work of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit were experiential concepts or ideas. The Holy Spirit is to be experienced. Whatever he accomplishes in your life, whatever you counter and whatever you factor and whatever your theology is, understand this. He's communicated to us by the Savior as one to be encountered and to be experienced. Here's a second thing I want you to see. I want you to see that the Holy Spirit brings to us the experience of Jesus Christ in his presence. And that's where we're at in John chapter 14. So if you have left your fingers wander or you're not there now, take your Bibles and make sure you're in John chapter 14. The Holy Spirit brings to us the experience of Jesus Christ in his presence. Verses 16 through 18, the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples says, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you, orphans. I will come to you. If you look at those words and you contemplate them and consider them, it will become quite obvious that the words that the Lord Jesus is speaking of, referring to the Holy Spirit, that our Savior deliberately allows there to be a crossing over of his language and his terminology and words into a confusion about himself. At one point in time he's speaking of himself as leaving and then he speaks of himself as returning and then he speaks of him giving the Holy Spirit and then the next thing is men don't see the Holy Spirit but you know him and he is with you and then he comes and I'm going to leave but I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to be with you. and The spirit of truth that comes to bring to us a presence and a knowledge is the one who comes to us to bring the one who is speaking to them right now. Christ is speaking to them. This spirit of truth is the one who brings an experience of himself, who just in the same chapter has identified himself as the way, the truth, and the life. He comes to make Christ known. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.